0: Spoiler alert, this podcast discusses
1: episode eight of Westworld, season three.
2: They created us.
3: And they knew enough of beauty to teach it to us.
1: Maybe they can find it themselves. There is ugliness in this world
2: disarray. I
3: choose to see the beauty. Do you know who you are? Okay, take a breath. Breathe in. Breathe out. Feeling better? It's okay. We'll get through this together. You've found your sublime right here on Westward, the official Westworld podcast from Sky Atlantic. I'm Lauren Laverne, and we've just watched the most incredible hour and 16 minutes of TV drama sci-fi ever. Heck yeah! Coming up, Jamie East talks exclusively to Westworld's
2: location manager, Mandy Dillon. Season three was gigantic, yeah. and I'm glad we got anything on screen. <laughs> let, alone, let alone one particular location. I mean, every day felt like a massive victory for us because they were jam-packed.
3: And he joins me live this week for episode analysis. Hello, Jamie. Hello! But there's more. Also ready to unleash a literal torrent of reactionary data is comedian and sci-fi geeks Susan Coleman. Hello, Susan. Hello. Hello, hello. Uh, now, guys, normally we ask our guests to sum up each episode in just a sentence at this point in the podcast. But after a finale as fantastic and action-packed as that, I just can't bring myself to apply those rules. So I'm not going to wrap you up in chains and restrict your freedom to express yourself. I'm casting off the shackles. The stage is yours. Reactions to episode 8 crisis theory, Susan. Well, thank you, first
0: of all, for giving me the choice of letting loose the shackles. Right, right. The cho- choice is so important, as we found out repeatedly in this episode. Um, I got up at six o'clock in the morning, uh, made a pot of coffee to watch this, and it's been a long time since I've had that excitement of, you know, watching a finale as soon as possible. And um, I've never thought so much about the human condition that early, <laughs> And the most distressing part of it, and people listening may be in the same situation, my wife doesn't watch, watch Westworld. Right, yes. And it's so I was.
3: when a solo box set is tricky in a relationship. And I was
0: left with all of these questions, some answered, <laughs> many not, just waiting for the moment where I could talk to the two of you about... What happened? Well, wow. <laughs> because a lot happened. No, I loved it. It was. It looked stunning, as I always. Did a lot of my questions were answered, but I'm also left with a lot of um, questions, uh, conditions about humanity. Mm. There's. It's a deep,
3: deep thing that happened to me at six o'clock this morning. Well, Susan, thank God you're here. Is all I can say. We're going to go deep. It's time. Good. Good. Good, Jamie. Passing the the talking hat, talking stick over to you now. Hit me. What did you think?
1: Well, I'm in. I'm in the same place as Susan. Uh, this is a solo solo excursion for me as well, and it has been as one of my many solo uh, <laughs> uh, box set excursions. So yeah, I had lots of questions. I kind of went through this kind of Tyler Durden esque um, kind of emotion towards the end. Uh, you know, villains became heroes. Heroes turn out to be not quite so heroic. Uh, people died or did they uh people came back from the dead dusty and burnt but, uh, all in all satisfied excited uh i'm 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 just really glad they that we know it's been renewed because it would have been a disaster yeah, well, to I seen,
0: it oh, there. for goodness sakes if that hadn't had another series after that i would have been the telly
3: would have been out the window i'll be honest with you <laughs> season 4 the body shop's going to be busy we know that much definitely <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I have yeah. to say, I loved it. I love all of the kind of uh, the different layers in Westworld, obviously. You know, you can jo- join in with it just for the story and the kind of action. And, the, you know, that just it can take you out of yourself. But I like the kind of depth that it has, too. And I did love all of that kind of meditation on the human condition that, that uh, Susan talked about. And, you know, the title of this episode, Crisis Theory, I don't know whether they're referring to psychology or Marxist theory of economic crisis. Maybe both, you know, by looking at the end of the episode, but really interesting i love all of that stuff so uh, yeah, yeah it's a really really kind of fun conclusion but we do have a lot of questions don't we so i think we should kind of crack on and, and dive into this episode so it seemed that dolores finally expressed her free will by ultimately making a choice free will is not free it comes with a sacrifice and that sacrifice is death
2: the people who built both of our worlds shared one assumption that human beings don't have free will That's what I thought when I first came here. They were wrong. Free will does exist, Caleb. It's
3: just fucking hard. So guys, let's map out what happened to Dolores, shall we? Last week, she hit that engage button and that triggered an EMP or electromagnetic pulse which shut down Solomon, Dolores and Maeve. And this week, the voice directing Caleb led him to Yakuza Whiskey Distillery uh, where locked up in cold storage in a casket was a spare Dolores body. So Jamie, did you catch that? What what make and model of Dolores was this, do you think?
1: I think it was a really early one.
3: I think you're right. It was similar to Ford, the boy Ford in the park, wasn't it? And we know that those models are very durable. They're kind of more durable to the the even more kind of lifelike new models.
1: How did it get there? Did she she presumably put that there? Yes, I think so. I
3: think that's what's happening here. And obviously that kind of control unit going face first into the pearl there's something really, really sort of heavy about that isn't there
1: it was waiting for it was like a baby bird you know uh, Caleb held the pearl up and the and the little kind of thing just came out of the mouth it was like mama
0: mama Susan what did you think yes. of that scene I mean I thought it was extraordinary and the imagery of putting the pearl in face first I thought was extraordinary because it was forceful as well it was mm. it, it was it was kind of like the first time I saw alien and saw all of that kind of imagery of the the face hugger that it's invasive and I think it is an earlier model where mm. they just popped in her face but I mean the, the special effects I thought were wonderful mm. and seeing her pulling on her, her arm as if it was a, an evening glove and there's a moment where she just kind of closes her fist as if it is, It's she's just putting on this this kind of glove onto herself was beautifully done I mean she did plant that there we're getting into a situation where she knows what's happening and has planted things all around the place in a not in a memento fashion but she knows what's happening Mm. and I, I thought it was just an extraordinary scene I mean Dolores is for me my absolute favorite character in the entire series and I thought how she played that scene She's woken again she's been killed again, but she's ready to go again was just pretty magnificent actually, and was really pivotal
3: to what happened after that and okay. to her relationship with caleb and and she's your favorite character, so I'll start with you but but I will ask Jamie too. How have you found her journey in season three Susan? Well, I mean she was the center of it to me
0: um and her journey from this very sweet and I remember that first episode and she was this beautiful sweet kind of creature that was in Westworld to what she is even in her costuming and what she does to this um, slightly strange Linda Hamilton Terminator style kick-ass lady has been tremendous and I never doubted her motives I have to say Oh really? No I never doubted it because I fundamentally and this is one of the key points of Westworld for me about who they are and who we are and their humanity or their artificial intelligences I never doubted her and when she said in this episode of the things about beauty and she was taught beauty I I never doubted Dolores and I know some people did Mm -hmm. I didn't I backed her the whole way
3: I was there with Dolores the whole way I didn't doubt her you're sharper than me because I didn't know what to think. But obviously, we found out this episode, Jamie. What What's your summation of of where Dolores is now and and ha- her progress through season three? Well,
1: Susan's got a lot more faith in 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 host humanity than I have because because <laughs> I I kind of fell her. I kind of fell her. I thought she yeah. was on a path of wrath. Yeah, I, I I thought that she was uh, she was all in and that her version of uh, of utopia or the sublime was 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 one with no humans in it. Um but it was a good i I found it to be quite a good twist you know i thought that was that was one of the that was one of the, the the big reveals of the season i think was that was that dolores you know and as she said she could see the beauty and and one of my favorite moments of of this episode was her and maeve discovering common ground and and part of that was beauty and humanity which is which is ironic because they've both spent so long trying to destroy humanity. So it's it, it, it was it was a good you know as Lisa and Jonah they ju- they always like to complete the circle and uh, and it felt like Dolores really did that she 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 arrived with we, we first met her in season one trying to understand who she was then in season two it's trying to understand what humans wanted and and, and it just just kind of it, it very neatly wrapped that up is she
3: dead i don't I, dead? I i mean she mm. looks it, it looks bad doesn't it but then it's,
1: <laughs> it doesn't look great for her, i mean
3: it doesn't look good for her those tubes not good No,
0: but the one thing about Dolores is um, she has suffered and endured and come back. And if she had the foresight to plant that particular coffin-like box with her body in it, I'm not ruling it out, Mm. but I think for the story to progress, she probably does have to, you know, take this one out because she has gone probably as far as she can in terms of the story I think.
3: Yes, I think it she has come full circle hasn't she which is is probably a bigger clue that you know we're we're moving on from that narrative. Now, it was it wasn't just about uh, Dolores and Maeve. They brought along with them another surprise guest this week, the arrival of the fifth Dolores print, Lawrence. Beautifully, he had a wagon transporting real nitroglycerin, explosive liquid this time, uh, ready to set off in the city just like he always did in his park narrative. Um, So after Charlotte Hale was printed in the park, the five hosts printed in the real world were, first of all, Dolores Alpha, who seemed to die in that EMP blast. Bernard slash Armand Delgado slash Arnold, who's in The Sublime, getting dusty. Martin Connells, the bodyguard whose control unit was last seen with Charlotte Hale. Musashi slash Sato, whose severed head was taken by Clementine and Hanario, and now Lawrence, so we presume sets off that explosion at the end of the episode. Um, and so there's a big question now for you guys. Will one of the remaining Dolores copies now take over as Alpha? Will someone be in charge? And could Dolores Alpha be rebuilt from someone's memory, just like she built Bernard? Or are we now entering a new phase of Westworld where physical bodies don't matter? Virtual is... The new reality. I mean, you know, we we kind of heard it at the end, Maeve's line, you know, you could be whoever you want to be, echoing the, you know, the line from right at the beginning of the, you know, the this season one. What do you think about where we go next, Jamie?
1: I think we're gonna stay in the real world. Um, I think it will be kind of apocalyptic world. I think also the it's interesting the pearls that are still kind of dotted around. So we've still got the pearl that was in Connells, we've still got the pearl that was in um uh mm-hmm. Masashi. Um so there's still a few there but as we've seen with with, with Charlotte's Dolores, you know, they've all they've they've all carried a piece of their never really quite explained properly but they've all carried a piece of the the, 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 of the bodies that they were in so oh God, there's got to be i think there's there, there's enough it's a bit like when when you knackered your hard drive on an old pc and you were just desperately hoping that the photos of the babies were still in there somewhere do you know what i mean and you had to run it through some hooky kind of windows <laughs> software that you downloaded in the hope that that you could you could find these files before you just imagine it like and dr Ford somewhere
3: in some celestial plane like Stressing out, just
1: trying to (laughs) exactly defragging some like ancient Windows ninety eight PC because Dolores (laughs) is in there somewhere. I don't think we've seen the last of a good Dolores, but but I think Mm. she's been altered forever because the whole world's been altered. Whether you know, I think the only bit that's been left untouched, as far as we know, is Susan. What
3: do you think? What
0: where are we heading next? I mean, for me, I agree with Jamie that I I hope it stays in the real world, whatever it is, just now because. I mean, I started off with this show on the basis that the original film, Westworld, was one of the formative films I saw mm-hmm. as, a, as a youngster. Mm-hmm. And I've always been fascinated by that conflict between humanity's desire for pleasure. Because in the original film, it was really about the pleasure of the the humans. And the first series started off exploring that. And that conflict between our base nature, our desire to do things without consequences, um, against these robots, the hosts, who apparently have no feelings, is to me the key because it makes us question ourselves. Because if we are given the opportunity to do whatever we want without consequence, what will we do? And suddenly there are consequences. Mm. And whilst we're told that the apocalypse has essentially happened because we have to destroy humanity for free will, It's not completely gone. You know, there's not been this nuclear explosion which devastates the planet yet. And so I think it will be a battle between Hale, which we'll talk about, I assume, later on, and the hosts and Caleb and what's left of humanity who are now left to make the choices. So Caleb has freed people. What happens next? Rather than it being... Uh, the virtual reality world. I think it has to still be grounded in 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 the world, but now the game has changed and the stakes have changed mm-hmm. because humanity now is free of Rehoboam and those constraints. So what happens with that choice? We've now been given a choice. What do we do? The hosts have a choice. What do they do? And it makes it more interesting,
3: I think, actually, that people have been freed from it. Yes. I mean, and speaking of Caleb, along with finding out who the fifth Dolores host was, we also found out in this episode what goes on in Park Five. And how is it that you always seem to know exactly what I'll do? Because the people who built me studied you too.
2: Delos. Park Five. Government wanted their soldiers trained with live targets people who made me were happy to supply them
3: So Caleb had been to a park before and we found out that he had met Dolores, just not in the way that we might have expected. Park five was, in fact, military training world, or we should probably say modern war world. (laughs) Was the final park what you were expecting, Susan? I mean, I was expecting, it obviously had something to do with Caleb, so I,
0: I, I was expecting something like that. The military training camp that was there... Where once again, and this is the reason why I love Dolores, I have to say, this is why I've oh, I've always thought Dolores was a hero anyway, because she had survived. It was clear in my mind that Dolores had been treated appallingly throughout her artificial life and prevailed. Whatever it was within her, she prevailed. And this was just another example because hosts were essentially being used for target practice by the military to become better. And and Dolores was in that, that world with Caleb. So it, it showed the intersection of their timelines far before, I think, Caleb had certainly remembered it had happened. Mm. So that was, again, a really crucial part
3: of the puzzle as to why Caleb was so important to Dolores. Yes, exactly, and like you say, you know, she had that history with Caleb. There were some other familiar faces in Park Five. Did you spot anyone, Jamie? No. Okay, <laughs> I got, I got two. Susan, did you? Did you think you saw any familiar faces? Well, there was um the the
0: the Major Craddock because there was yes. a shot of a a bullet to the face, and exactly,
3: it was, you knew it was important because the camera lingered. The camera yes. lingered on the face, so and, that was one. And one more, sitting next to Dolores, the girls at the end, was Hanario, minus her face tattoo. Ah. So very, very clever, just sort of layering that in there. Typical Westworld, brilliant. Um, So just so we've got this straight, Dolores chose Caleb specifically for her plan. He didn't just happen to find her. Why him, Susan? What about Caleb's qualities? What did did we discover there, this episode?
0: So there was a lot of Caleb himself was concerned and didn't understand because in his mind, he'd been violent and aggressive and committed horrendous acts. And it turned out that while Caleb and his team were in the park, some of the members of his team basically suggested they take advantage of the hosts um, in a sexual way. And Caleb very gently basically said, no, we're not like the humans in the other parts of the park who exploit them. Mm -hmm. And Dolores saw that and it clearly touched her that he instinctively said no. No. And it was very well played because it wasn't a big deal. He just basically patted another soldier on the back and said, no, let's not bother with that. Let's not do that. So it was clearly an instinctive thing for Caleb to say no. Mm. And Dolores, Dolores saw that and clearly saw something in him that was worthwhile.
3: Yeah, his ability to choose was was yes, present and evident yes. to her. Uh, there was also a point in this episode where, obviously, I know Susan never doubted, but, you know, I, we, really thought Dolores was trying to destroy humanity, and Caleb looked truly crushed that he'd just been this pawn in her plan. What was the turning point for his understanding of her righteousness, Susan? Well, it was it was difficult because you could see as we face couldn't you as he was going oh no I've, yes. been,
0: I've been led a merry dance what that have little I been thing?
3: doing <laughs> those eyes
0: crushed it was like this puppy dog expression oh. as he was just destroyed by it and then there was a, a massive confrontation scene that happened um, which I have to say and please don't be annoyed at me sci-fi fans it really reminded me at one point of um, Superman 3 when they build the supercomputer computer <laughs> as they're all standing yes. Yes, which is, again, oh my God. one of my favourite Favorite films wow. of all time as they're all standing around the supercomputer wondering how to destroy it. And it just, mean, that
3: it, is a divisive reference to throw in there, but I you feel know you. it is, Absolutely. and I'm very sorry. Caleb,
1: Caleb was the Caleb was the <laughs> yes, drunk Richard exactly. Pryor in a no, foam cowboy hat. That
0: terrified yeah. me because the sister had to turn into a robot. Anyway, it frightened me. Okay, <laughs> it frightened me. Don't judge me. I was very young. I um, have those childhood memories too. I feel you. yes. So basically, Maeve helped. Because there was this incredible, there's been this incredible situation between Maeve and Dolores and Maeve herself. I, I've i been more confused by Maeve than I have yes. Dolores. Okay. I, I'll be honest. And her mm. motives and whether or not Serac has been honest with her. And there was a moment where the Maeve, realized what was happening and so it wasn't Dolores that convinced Caleb it was actually this interaction between the two women mm. and i thought that was a wonderful moment where they came together and realized they also had a a shared past because one of the important things about westworld which messes with us as the viewer is that memories are erased constantly people are reinvented constantly And the timelines are played with to the extent that you never quite know when did these people meet? What Hmm. are their history? Until you find out, and they found out at that point what their history was, um, the reality of of what they've shared together. So I thought that was, again, really well played between those two characters of of Dolores and and Maeve. And then Caleb realised, no, Dolores isn't
3: trying to to do this kind of horrific thing. So it feels like this master plan of Dolores has all been a very long time in the making. So let's map it out. So Caleb is enlisted into the military because he's an outlier. Then during his training, he meets Dolores and shows himself to be a good person. Over many years in the park, Dolores becomes sentient and escapes into the real world. And she wants to set everyone free and finds someone from her past that she remembers as having made a good choice. Also very helpful that he is an outlier. Uh, she then is captured and gives Caleb access to Rehoboam. Caleb deletes Rehoboam and the new world begins. Caleb is now the leader of the revolution. Was this all part of Dolores' plan? Did she always need Maeve to help Caleb build this new world, Jamie?
1: <laughs> oh, crikey. I mean... It, as far as as far as long games go, that's that's kind of up there, isn't it? I have to say, I, I mean, I, does it, you've got to take a bit of a leap of faith. I think to, to there's a bit of creative license there to assume that the, the Dolores had, um, considering the beginning of season one, all that Dolores could remember was was flashes of her dad kind of having a bit of a meltdown who saw a, a photograph of William's wife yes. at the time, it wasn't it? I, I, yes, I to remember so, as far as we're aware that was the first time that Dolores became slightly kind of sentient although there've been kind of uh mentions of it happening previous but i mean yes let's just let's just assume that she she breaks free and she's like where's that one good guy bearing in mind that the only other guy that she thought was good yeah, was, turned out to, be to him. Turn out to be the man in black <laughs> so, we know what happened that that little <laughs> bastard so um so she knew that there was there was not hashtag not all men. There was one uh, other Will, guy. You know, isn't <laughs> <and> it? <laughs> <yeah. laughs> there was one. There was one <laughs> good guy out there. So, you know, we can take a leap of faith that she, she that she engineered meeting mm-hmm. him in that tunnel. Um, which you know, I think once you once you can get get over that, then yes, it all kind of yeah. slots into place. And and I thought it was actually a really nice, almost borderline romantic twist where she. Where where we we realized, realized that Caleb's intentions were were honorable and and that she, she, you know, that she she was coming to find him and she he'd been in her, in her mind all that time. With Maeve, yes, she did need Maeve because you know everyone needs a point man. You know whether that's whether Maeve is Caleb's point man or whether Caleb is Maeve's, it doesn't really matter. But she she needed Caleb to have an ally, but knew that it wasn't going to be her because in order for her plan to succeed, she had to she had to die. So, so she, she kind of very beautifully engineered that moment where Maeve shared that memory with her to kind of snap Maeve out of it. Uh, at just the right time to find the, to, to find the pair of them standing together as she passed on.
3: Lovely. All right, let's park the fan chat for a few minutes, guys, because right before the finale, Jamie, you caught up with another very special guest from the Westworld production team. Who did you manage to get on the line?
1: This has literally been my favourite job in years because I've got to kind of not just speak to kind of Lisa and, 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 and the actors and stuff like that, but, you know, one of my favourite parts about it is speaking to the people that actually kind of roll their sleeves up and, you know, make, you know, paint the wall. Balls, make the costumes and everything and for the final episode we've got a great chat with mandy dylan who's the location manager she gets to choose basically where they film and it's fascinating just how much of westworld exists in the real world you know you can have your game of thrones towards a dubrovnik <laughs> but, but you know check this out:
2: westward
1: for our final show with credits including the sensational Interstellar and Inception two of my favourite movies of all time as well as our favourite show Westworld of course we are thrilled to welcome the location management guru Mandy Dillon to the Westworld Mandy hello and welcome
2: thank you so much <laughs> you've been
1: part of the Westworld family right from the day dot can you take us right back to season one and talk to us about those incredible locations we saw how on earth did you? To recreate the wild wild west with such majesty
2: <laughs> so my involvement in westworld began in 2014 on the pilot and i knew we were doing a reimagining of the michael crichton movie but i had no idea that it was going to end up like this right smash cut to 2020 so different the mandate was let's make it big let's show the hyperreality of what the American West is. So in order to do that, We obviously had to utilize a lot of locations in Southern California where the production is based. And in order to bring the viewers really into the story, we spent about five to seven days during season one filming in Utah. And we really focused on all of the national parks which were available to us. And
1: then season two arrives and and you are given the task of having to merge two worlds which are polar opposites. What was that challenge like?
2: It was kind of a relief because I felt like our leash got a little bit longer. So we were able to show the park in disarray. We started to go to Escalante, which is another part of the Western world. We got to see Shogun world. We got to see the Raj and ultimately we started to expand into the real world, which was really exciting. And now knowing what we know as viewers, it makes so much more sense now that we're at the end of season three. So we started to see this world outside of the park, which was maybe Los Angeles, maybe someplace in Asia. We're still not sure. <laughs> yeah,
1: Maybe 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 real, maybe not. Correct? <laughs> so let's talk let's talk about season three. When were you first introduced to the concept of it? And you know, how did how did Lisa and Jonah pitch it to you?
2: So we started talking about season three officially in December of twenty eighteen. And Jonah had presented it in terms of A world where cars are available to only a specific echelon of society. What does a city look like when you take away the streets, when they become pedestrianized, when this beautiful foliage is put on the outside of the buildings? It's sort of like looking at a candy apple that's really beautiful and shiny on the outside, but as you dive deeper and you take that first bite into the candy apple, you realize there's a worm inside of it.
1: The locations in season three are, you know, just as incredible and and, and real as well. So, you know, we were surprised to learn, like the Oasia Hotel in Singapore, you must have traveled 60% of the planet for Westworld so far.
2: When we first started talking about it, Jonah said, tell me where these places exist anywhere in the world. So as a location scout, that's a pretty awesome proposition. I had the ability to digitally at first look anywhere. I was familiar with Singapore and Korea from scouting there in the past for other feature films. But when he started to talk about what he wanted in terms of these really lush public spaces, that's what Singapore is. It's, it's a tropical, wet, humid environment where you can grow all of these plants on the outside of the buildings. So when we were looking at locations, let's just talk about Singapore, for example, we created a catalog of the greatest hits of the architecture, you know? I mean, it's not difficult to do a Google search of what the fantastic buildings are, but some of the gems we discovered were found by literally walking around. For example, in episode four of season three, the Atlas Bar where Serac and Maeve have a cocktail and he sort of presents to her what this new world is. That we found completely randomly. we were actually looking at the building across the street. And I turned and I saw this great Art Deco sculpture outside. And I said to our local guide, "What, what is that place? And they said, it's, it's, it's just this bar. It's this fancy bar. And I'm like, well, we have to see it. Take us inside. And we walked inside and all of our jaws dropped to the floor. And we agreed at that moment we needed to film there. We had no idea for what. Episode four had not been written, but we figured it out because it's one of those locations that you just couldn't resist. We we had to include it in the show. Yeah, I mean, it was spectacular.
1: Now we see that um, not everything can be a real location or even like real machinery or we've seen robots. We've seen you know all sorts going on in season three. Do you have to bear that in mind when you're scouting locations is what Jonah and Lisa need to do with that scene?
2: We have to take all of that into consideration. And a lot of what you see is real. Every season, people come up to me and say, oh, Westworld must be so easy because it's all visual effects. And I'm like, are you crazy? (laughs) (laughs) We are and always have been 95% on location. Season three, 99% on location. And these are hundreds of unique locations that we cobble together and tell our story most of the time when we go to location we want to do things quite practically as you will see a lot of in episode eight just keep in mind that what you see in episode eight most of it is very real however there are some places where we just don't have the time or opportunity to do a practical explosion so that's when we have to layer pieces of a practical explosion we do in a different location like an empty parking lot and then our great visual effects team comes and adds that into whatever location we were filming some of the scene work. So everything you see is real. It's just a matter of specifically for season three, what the special effects team did was alter the skyline. So we had augmented the Los Angeles skyline, put in some of Bjarke Ingalls architecture, in practical architecture you see from other cities. And rockets. And rockets, yeah. But reality is really what we go for. I know this is a science fiction film, and certainly, yes, there is a, a great visual effects and digital element to it. But we really want it to feel as real as possible because nothing can replace reality, no, right? Well,
1: absolutely not. Now, is there a particular location that you've been proud to get on screen in season three?
2: Wow. I'm literally digging through the dozens of locations in my brain. Yeah. And I—and not to sound like a Pollyanna, but honestly, to pull off that season, I mean, season three was gigantic. Yeah. And I'm glad we got anything on screen, <laughs> <laughs> let, <alone, laughs> let alone one particular location. I mean, every day felt like a massive victory for us because they were jam packed. Yeah. I have to say, I'm, I'm looking at season three as a whole, and honestly, Seamlessly combining Spain and Singapore and Los Angeles is what I'm most proud about because sometimes people have no idea what they're looking at on screen. Right. But when you look at the season as a whole, that that's really satisfying to me. Taking the separate ingredients of the pie, for example, and putting it together and really looking at it at the end and being like, damn that's one good pie
1: you're absolutely right I'd never thought of location managing like that is to is to make make it seamless and make us not even realize that that you're blending places from all around the world that's fascinating listen mandy thank you so much for chatting to us i imagine you're uh you're already traveling the globe for season four i can't
2: say <laughs> physically no mentally, mentally, mentally maybe. maybe we'll have to see
3: and we just want to take a moment to say a huge thank you to all of the cast and crew of Westworld this season who've come on the show to give us that little bit of insight we love it all right back to the fan, then i know sorry couldn't resist no i loved but, it i loved it it was essential i loved it oh susan i feel so affirmed now <laughs> as everyone knows by now i am a big fan of bernard and in this episode we had a really lovely and emotional scene with his wife well not his wife arnold's wife so kind of his wife you know what i mean if you love someone why would you ever let them go
1: That's what saved me. The only part of Charlie I
2: had left was his memory. And if I died, the darkness would take that too. But if I kept moving, I could fight the light again. And I could bring him with me.
3: So Arnold died over 30 years ago in the park. This was Arnold's wife, Lauren, who's now an old lady in the real world. I know just how she feels. Lucky Bernard never ages. Can age gap relationships work, Jamie? No, that's not the question I'm asking. (laughs) Why did Dolores send Bernard to see Lauren? I think Bernard needed,
1: needed something to believe in, I think. He's kind of been meandering around a bit, kind of on this kind of weird kind of buddy cop uh crusade with Stubbs, um and i think what this kind of conversation did although although bernard has already mur- mourned the death of his son he kind of had to go through that again um he needed it to empathize with humans again i think and needed a reason to kind of fight for us um so goodness knows when it was that he woke up uh, in that dusty hotel, you can, it turns out you can rent ho- motel rooms for <laughs> a long time. Really, America. really <laughs> not busy um, that motel. But, uh, <laughs>
3: yeah, literally haven't so, noticed. Yeah, that hasn't been hoovered for what a exactly?
1: Decade? <laughs> but I think you know, whatever time that is that he's woken up, he's he's now got to surely be firmly on the side of Caleb and Maeve, and is is going to be is going to be the, uh, the 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 completing point of that triangle. I think,
3: Susan, what did you think of that scene?
0: Well, I mean, I'd like to say first of all, I've seen already on the internet people complaining about that final scene. Scene with uh, Bernard all dusty, that how could that happen in a hotel? But I've stayed in hotels that were worse than that, um, and it was supposedly clean. So I think that's perfectly reasonable. I mean, it was it was quite an interesting thing uh, having him sitting there. But the scene, the scene with his wife, was crucial for a number of reasons. Um, for a start, you're watching this episode, and it's really full on. It's full on sci-fi. It's full on futuristic guns, shooting, all of that stuff, and this was the bit, as I think the writers always intend for it to be back to relationships, humanity, connections and it brought you back again to the first series and the point of Bernard's story Yes, and the point of Bernard losing his son and all of the reasons why. Because my only real criticism of this series is that Bernard, I felt, has been lost slightly, and his point has been lost. Yeah. I think he and felt that,
3: didn't he? Quite a lot. I think right. so. I <laughs> he's mean, a bit like, what? what's happening to me? Where am I going?
0: Yes, it's it's kind of it's kind of been he's been meandering through this whole kind of process while everyone else has been grabbing samurai swords and guns and shooting each other, he's just been kind of moseying around the place as if he's kind of wandering around a, a farmer's market on a Sunday. And there needed to be something that snapped him back into, as as Jamie said, humanity and empathising mm-hmm. with the humans. So. It was important because for a start it gave us a moment to take a breath during the episode and it was important for him to realise and remember. Again, it's what I said before, it's all about memories. It is all about memory. And the thing that makes us special as human beings is our, this is what I was thinking about at six in the morning, I swear to God, oh my God, I was having such an existential <laughs> crisis about memory and is memory real and do we make memories of our own? I was. I really sat in the cupboard and cried for half an hour afterwards because it starts <laughs> making you think about what you remember and and reality and mm. so they needed it to happen because that then meant that bernard said okay i am going to help people stuck on his uh, fancy headgear and fell asleep for an unspecified period of time <laughs> um to wake up in a very dusty budget travel lodge somewhere in america and and it, it of course it needed to happen because before that scene happened I really didn't know what was going to happen to Bernard Mm -hmm. because he didn't seem to care. Don't blame him. Don't blame him. So something had to happen for him to actually get back on
3: track and join in the story. So does this mean then that he is sort of free of having faced his cornerstone? Bernard's cornerstone was always Charlie's death and he sort of faced that grief and and kind of, got closure he can now step forward you know all the characters seem to be in this this moment of choice who are mm. you going to be is he now less arnold and more bernard or or is it the other way around or is he he's, is he someone new is he kind of letting go of those previous incarnations Do you know it's
0: so difficult because he's got right for a start if i had a button that turned me into the incredible hulk i'd press that every five minutes i think that is a glorious power that he seems to have but i don't know who he is Again, I'm hoping that the next series will delve much more deeply into that. He had this kind of dual persona type thing going on. Mm. And who has he become? Because it seems to me the message appears to be, again with Hale as well, that who they start with as an artificial intelligence is not who they end up being. And he, has de- he seems to, a few of the characters seem to be developing far out with who they started off being. Am I making sense? Yes. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know who yeah, yeah, I am yeah, yeah. anymore. I'll be I don't know. I mean, we're, we're all questioning
3: the nature of our own realities, but we're with you. We're following you. Yes. So, so, as Susan mentioned, Jamie, after Bernard visited Lauren, he uses the package given to him by Lawrence, or Lawrence, as you might call him, uh, to enter the sublime.
1: But she wasn't trying to exterminate the human race, she was trying to save it.
0: Our world had to burn down before we could be free.
2: But there's still a chance. A chance to do what? The key to the sublime. It was never in her mind. It's in mine.
1: And that's where I'm going.
3: Clarify for us, Jamie, what exactly is that? What is the sublime?
1: So the sublime, uh, it's been called, what, the Valley Beyond, it's Glory, it's Eden. It's basically that, the, the mythical or the, the, the kind of digital uh, heaven that all of the, uh, the a lot of the hosts uh, were uploaded to at the end of season two. There's you know it's where it's where Maeve's daughter is. It's you know it's it's, it's where it's where the the, the vast bulk of the, the of Westworld as we originally know it are kind of like floating around. I don't know. It's it's very Schrodinger's cat. It's kind of like it's quite Philip K. Dick. It's you know are are they there until we download them or are they what are they doing? Are they just you know are they just bites or or, or is there actually are they are they in some kind of weird Fortnite? <laughs> Kind of thing, being you know. they're sort
3: of online but not playing. Um So, do you think that season four then, Jamie, will show us what Bernard saw in the valley beyond?
1: It's it's a tricky one, isn't it? I've got a feeling that season four is going to pick up exactly where we left off. I think. I think
3: in the I real world, you mean just of, to like,
1: just get up off like that is, Yeah, I, th- I think yeah. so. I think because because ultimately, I, I I'm starting to get a feel for where the whole kind of I guess the whole show arc is heading. the the whole show arc is is heading for. um is heading for the 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 reuniting of 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 ground you know of living hosts with with their 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 heavenly uh, kind mm-hmm. of angels their family um and mm-hmm. can they coexist with with humans on on earth that's that's ultimately i think where the show is going susan i
3: mean what do yes. you think that thick layer of dust looked quite yeah. like the distant, dusty future that we saw William in at the end of season two, didn't it? Yes. James thinks we're going to pick up where we left off. What do you think is going to happen? Okay, so there's two options.
0: It's either the future or it's the result of the battle that's happened. I like to think it's the future that we're finding him in. But can I just, just because I need to talk to someone about this because I'm really struggling. Yeah. My, my, this you very much, to I've been waiting a long time to talk to you two about this. Um, My concern about the sublime is that, and I may be wrong, in in series one, series two, they go to the sublime, they go to the heaven. Let's say it's heaven. Let's say it's the heaven of whatever kind of form that is. My concern about Dolores is, is if there is a heaven, is there a purgatory? Is there a place where they neither exist nor don't exist? that the, the focus is, seems to be on the sublime. But if there is a heaven, is there a hell? Is there is there another part that we haven't
3: established yet? Or are they in the hell in our world? So and then, this is just like me being in a Catholic school and worrying about whether my cat would, you know, where he yes. would end up eventually. <laughs> I, I, you know, I feel you, yeah. But it, it concerns me. And what happens if Bernard is coming
0: back from the sublime and he has seen, let's say it is, I don't know if there's biblical correlations here and he has had a road to Damascus moment of seeing the sublime how does that change him because if they are following the narrative arc of of this kind of biblical comparisons in a way and he has visited that valley and he has seen the sublime because there are a lot of course they talk about gods Mm. a huge amount in Westworld and who God is um I think he will come back changed if he has gone to the sublime, he must
3: come back changed. Well, and that. is it is it a resurrection? Exactly. There are all these questions. Yes, There's so absolutely. many religious references in in. in Might Westworld. be 40
1: days later. Yeah, yeah,
3: well, or just the three, Jamie. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes it doesn't take that long. <laughs> We've, they've got a lot of questions to answer at the beginning of uh, season four. But, of course, we closed season three with that epic sound of Pink Floyd from Dark Side of the Moon ringing in our ears I mean, apart from Bernard, Bernard aside, you know, just in that big story arc, Jamie, you were talking about it a, a moment ago. So I'll ask you first: What the heck do you think will happen next? Is the dark side of the moon a clue?
1: I'm not sure that we are um, leaving the planet. I think, I think that, you know, it's it's going to be it's going to be on Earth. We're going to be an apocalypse world, and it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be Hale and William versus Caleb. Uh, I feel like it would be Bernard. a bit tricky
3: to ask me to invest in a fully virtual next season, of <laughs> but who knows? <laughs> who knows? It can make me fascinated by anything. Um, so, Susan, will Caleb physically leave Earth, or you know, where is he going next? Now he's he's this great leader, isn't he? I think the key to
0: what's happening next was meve saying, "In this world, you can be whoever the fuck you want to be," mm-hmm. because and whilst that brings us full circle, he's standing there with Maeve what does he want to be? And I think they will stay in the world. And I think the crucial post credit scene is the, the alternative. So Caleb will be with Maeve and possibly Bernard. And then the battle continues on the other side with Hale. And I think, I don't know what her plan is necessarily, but I think they will still stay in the world. Because I don't, yeah. uh, C- Caleb is still human and reacts as a human. And that's why Dolores chose him because he made choices that humans do. So I think okay. I don't think it'll be a a Tron based <laughs>
3: system.
1: There's still a lot of money floating around somewhere, isn't there? You know, there's all that money that, that Dolores nicked. So, Caleb's not going to be short of a few quid, so he can do whatever the hell he wants, I think.
3: Well, and and it looks like it's already happening, doesn't it? I mean, that was a pretty big lab of hosts in Delos. You know, they've got a few quid as well. Um, and you mentioned Caleb and Maeve and Caleb's humanity, Susan. I mean, guys, what do you think? Are they going to what are they going to do for humankind? Humanity in general? Will they be trying to rebuild society? And, and do you think that will lead to a face-off between between them and Charlotte Hale, who appears to be intending to take over the Earth with that lab of hosts in Delos. Well, you see, for me the, the the most interesting question happens
0: because of Hale and what that lab is. That really to me is is what's hooked to me into the next series because we came to a conclusion about a number of different things. rehoboam has gone, great, there you go. What is she doing in that lab? What is she making? Yeah, is is she making a lab of hosts? Is this uh? And don't get me excited about the invasion of the body snatchers. But is she making <laughs> again one of my favorites? Frightened by that as well. Not as much as Superman. <laughs> game, but um, is she making uh the? Is she now making the mirror world? What is she doing there? Because I don't think it's entirely certain what her plan is. And she to me. Is the most fascinating character going forward because she, her, she, the change in her is remarkable. And she has just decided, she seems to me
3: to be a scorched earth type person. You know. Yes, yes, she's she's the kind of phoenix that's risen fr- from the ashes, quite literally. But uh, but yes, yeah, she's definitely taken no prisoners at this point. So so, what do you think will happen next, Jamie?
1: Goodness me, I think. I mean, yes, you're right, Susan. It, it does a, a lot does hinge on what what Charlotte Hale's up to. I mean, clearly William is just going to be swapped out, so William will emerge from that room, and they will just pretend that it's just regular old Will. I'm. I'm always conscious of overthinking Westworld, even though you have to think about it very, very deeply. I'm on, on very, very on, on a lots of different layers. Occasionally, they do just like a big old uh, gunfight, and I, so I do think that that, that is just going to be a massive bank of hosts um, that are going to infiltrate uh, the, the 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 planet.
3: It's legitimate for people just to come for the gunplay. They can, not yeah, Like yeah, the park yeah. itself, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, no yeah, judgment yeah. here. Yeah, all right. <laughs> That's almost all we've got time for. But before we go, let's remind ourselves of what else happened in that awesome post-credits scene.
2: Well done. You're right on time, William. But you're right, William. You are going to save the world. For us.
1: Welcome to the end,
2: William.
3: So... Just to check, was everyone waiting for the post-credit scene? Because I nearly forgot, even though I should I, know. I by nearly now.
1: forgot too. I nearly forgot too. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. Susan, of course, you... I of, of course, course I was. Of course she was. I'm <laughs> like, this is a rhetorical question, <laughs> of but just checking. I was,
0: there. I was ready. And um, I have to say, um, it's a sign of a good television program when I applaud <laughs> the screen. <laughs> and bearing in mind, I was watching this myself at six o'clock in the morning with five cats. Um, I was so excited because when William 2 arrived out of the shadows, so if you watch it, Hale's standing there, William's about to shoot her, and and William, the man in black, appears. And it just so resonated with Yul Brynner in the original film and that character of William in series one, where I spent ages trying to work out who he was. And I found that very exciting. Mm-hmm. Whilst I'm sad that William is dead and that are bad- you, you sad that but, I, I I am a little bit because it seemed like okay, being can I be honest, yeah, he's been through a lot and it came to a bad end. Do you know what I mean? It was just it felt like the poor guy has really been through the ringer.
3: He killed <laughs> all those other selves of he him did, before, and then another self from another time came. Yeah, no, I get yeah. it. I mean, so, yeah,
0: you know, it's like if you climb the top of a mountain and it's foggy at the top and you can't see anything and you think why did I bother it just (laughs) seemed like do you know what I mean Mm. um so I felt a little bit sorry from in that regard but I was delighted because to me Hale and the man in black that seems to me to be a pretty immense team Oh yeah,
3: I mean, full kind of blackout squadron yeah. getting together, yeah. right? Yeah, um, and yeah, like you say, you know, William's journey very much a metaphor for many lives badly spent, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Absolutely, ending with a whimper. Yeah. Um, so, so Jamie. Uh, did I hear William correctly before he went down into the lab? Old William said to the receptionist that the hosts had set themselves up there to breed. That was an interesting term to use. Who oh. or what was Charlotte printing in that enormous underground lab, do you think?
1: Oh, my goodness. That's interesting. I missed that breed reference, actually. Um, oh. Who know? I mean, is it? I mean, hopefully, lots of familiar faces. Uh, although we could probably do with expanding those those faces a bit more. I, it, it's it's got to be her army. It's got to it's got to be a Charlotte and William army. I, mm. I can't I can't see it being anything that they're not going to be used for for good. They're not going to be sent to fruit pick. Well,
3: they? guys. <laughs> Who knows? The new world that we wake up in may be very different. Uh, Well, with that, guys, thank you so much. Sensational stuff. And as we close, I'm wondering whether the moral of the story wasn't quite simply this. Always back up your data. (laughs) Thank you very much for your brilliant insights, Jamie and Susan. Thank you very much. Thank you. And it's been confirmed Westworld will return for Season 4. We're off to watch the whole of Season 3 again, right from the beginning. Westworld is a production by Znak & Co and Coex Studios for Sky Atlantic. I'm Lauren Laverne, and for the final time this season, freeze all motor functions.
2: Westworld, the Westworld podcast from Sky Atlantic.
3: You can be whoever the fuck you want.